0: Hello and welcome to this week's Statsman Podcast with me, James York, and... Ted Knutson. Oh, you've decided to come back, have you? That's good to know. The weather was much better in Madrid, I promise you. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, Ted's back this week, so that's good, Um, uh, after being one of his... Uh, travels last week. Did you enjoy Madrid, Ted? We were going to mention it, I think, so we might as well go to Yeah,
1: it, it was pretty cool. Um, I'd never been there before. Uh, it feels like a good city to do business in. Uh, it's not kind of as, as crazy or as fascinating as Barcelona in terms of Spanish cities. Uh, but yeah, and and my walk to this WFS conference, which is World Football Summit Conference, where a lot of Spanish business uh, football clubs seem to intersect uh, I, I walked through like the the palace area and the garden, so like that was pretty cool. Uh, all right, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and, right. and and uh, and original Ronaldo was there along with like Peter Moore and Peter Kenyon and all sorts of other people that that people might know, but I don't actually.
0: Yeah, shout out our um, <clears throat> chief commercial officer Shigul Arshad who uh, who <laughs> ran up to Ronaldo, I think, and and they got the got the got the photo with him, so that was pretty fun. And uh, yeah. It sounded like yeah, it sounded like a good trip. Anyway, uh, Ben Pugsley came and uh, held the fort while you were away last week, and uh, thanks, like, Ben. <laughs> so that was good, a bit of a throwback to old times. And I think you know, when going forward, is when Ted's Ted's on his travels or whatever, we'll probably bring Ben back in and, uh, again. And um, he's going to be at the conference that we're doing next week as well. So lots going on. It became the PDO podcast, apparently. He only got a quick mention, Ted. You know, it's just, <laughs> just a just a throwback to the old times. Uh, I did, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's still quite a good ready now, just to just to get your way into things. I feel, but I know you feel very differently. Oh, only me. the old people could possibly <laughs> drag that one up.
1: Uh, <laughs> it, it's it was staked dead for very good reasons. And in fact, I, I believe I've written about that on the website at some point. So if you'd like to read my opinion, it's there. Uh, so I want to dig into something that you guys were talking about last week. All right. Oh God, yeah. Can you tell us a little more about your hard drugs habit? Hard drugs habit. I haven't got a hard drugs habit. I've never had a hard drugs habit. In fact, so, I so can... James. Aside from the Jungle Book, uh, James said that his, uh, his sort of most watched movie is Fear and Loathing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and which is you know the a fantastic movie, um, but you know very much about Andres Thompson's uh, drug-addled <laughs> coverage of was it a the, one of the national conventions or am I conflating? Um... Oh god, yeah, that was later. I, can't,
0: I can't think. Yeah, he ended up. Um, he, it was the the Mint Five Hundred, uh, uh, motorcycle race, and he he got to the start and just didn't really see it, and he was like, "Oh fuck this!" And then ended up following. Backcountry. Yeah, going to some police conference or something. But it's it's a thoroughly entertaining read. I, I'm a big fan of Thompson mainly mainly for his writing. Uh, he's, I think his life turned into a bit of a, a bit of a kind of parody by the end of it. But uh, yeah, when you're 20 something and you you know you're a bit daft and stuff. You know, it's, you know, Absolutely entertaining. I mean, and it,
1: it's a bit like you know Orwell um, as well, kind of an amazing writer. Personal life was was very much whatever, but um, people like mostly know the books that they were forced to read in school. But like Hunter S's stuff goes much broader than just Fear and Loathing, yeah. uh, in Las Vegas and and very much you know worth your time. But big, I you big know, the, sports fan as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. But most of the people that I know that that really love that movie have at various times dabbled in. Um, what might called mind-altering substances. Uh, yeah,
0: my, 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 i tell you what, my, <laughs> my drug history is incredibly mild for someone of my generation, mainly <laughs> mainly because I was fearful of what my mother would think. I had this vision of like, you know, what would she think if I was just kind of like out of my mind in the <laughs> middle of some god-awful nightclub and I'd think, shame you on you. That-
1: you see someone of your generation, and I'm yeah. like immediately wondering if you were at Woodstock all of a sudden. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, the drugs that we did in my generation—they say they say the kids are a
0: little bit more, uh, a little bit more sober than our lot. But I don't know, maybe maybe the world. But has then changed. again, like
1: your generation is the train spotting generation, which I, I think was a bit different than where what I grew up in in the U.S.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite say like yeah hardcore Glasgow upbringing that I had. I was more out in the provinces. <laughs> but <laughs> you mean in Wales? Uh, close to <laughs> Wales, yeah, it's funny
1: that. Sorry, I'm, I'm going in joke for those new, new listeners uh, to the podcast. We make fun of James for being from Wales. But really, he's from just on the border of England. But nevertheless, it never stops being funny to us. The, uh, uh, the reason why I brought up Fear and Loathing is because uh, I my first time watching that movie, uh, I actually was one of the rare times uh, back in the US that I ever smoked pot and And I, I hung out with a lot of potheads and resisted for a very long time, and then finally decided that that you know resistance was a little silly, I guess, or you know just willing to dabble. so um, we're at my house, and it was a two movie night, and we were going to smoke and drink and just hang out and so the one of those movies was Fear and Loathing, and the other one was the first time I ever saw the Borat movie. oh right and and my God, like what a double bill. <laughs> Yeah, a riotous time was had by all. The of things. It was. It was quite <laughs> enjoyable and interesting. How How do you feel about the Borat movie? It's alright.
0: Yeah, it's quite fun. Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, like through like, the window of history, I'm less less inclined towards uh, his work than I was. But at the time, it was really good fun. Interesting.
1: Uh, I I find his work. I, I don't know. I, I think that in the modern age, like we just. We just sour on things so quickly, but like not necessarily for mm. good reasons. Um, I still find his work to be like quite interesting and innovative. And actually, um, the reason why I bring him up is because he's got a new a new Netflix series called The Spy. The I think I watched the first fifteen minutes and then something came up and I haven't watched the rest of it. But he's a hell of an actor. I think he's like a very very smart individual and, and quite a good actor. This is being Sacha
0: Baron Cohen. Yeah. Okay, along along similar lines, I'd like I'd like to thoroughly reject Ricky Gervais in 2019, having oh liked yeah, that, that having, one liked, fine having liked him in the uh, the kind of office era. How wrong we were but anyway you know time can tell we should get on with the football ted what what, you know what actually? you always say this but in
1: reality i have people coming up to me telling me like <laughs> no, no. what a comedic foil you are and how much they would like to to hear you talk about pop culture more so it's really like you're overrating your football side james you're underrating talking of comedic foils last night's football <laughs>
0: That's a great segue. Well done. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to
1: talk about this, folks, but uh, but you forced him into it.
0: It's kind of it's a, yeah, it's not ideal, really, is it? I mean, when your team loses seven <laughs> two at home to um, to Bayern Munich, I think there's a few things going on here. Number one, it was a great finishing performance from Bayern. Number two, it was-, it was far too easy to get those shots, even though they weren't like kind of like really close in. They were they looked rather clear. I think was uh, uh, one of the, one of the aspects that we saw, and it, it did all kind of like fall apart at the end uh, for about half an hour. Tottenham looked quite good and yeah one of the great finishing performances from from Bayern and let's let's not let's not sleep on Bayern like I think I think the general consensus right now is probably that Liverpool Man City are the, the Probably the superior two teams in Europe, and then they're kind of like we had this discussion, I think, quite recently uh, in around the company like who's the third best team in Europe? And it was like, a well, few ideas, not sure. You know, so Barcelona and Madrid kind of like not as strong as perhaps they were at one point. Uh, Juve, not sure. And then it's like, yeah, Bayern, you just let's probably not forget Bayern. They, you know, Liverpool kind of did a number on them in last season's Champions League, and then they. Happily, kind of like uh, went on. A, they went on a hell of a run after a poor start last season under Kovac, and then won the league. And now, you know, a performance like that last night, however it, it transpired, you know, <laughs> against the expected numbers, uh, does really kind of like raise the eyebrow, and make you think like, okay, maybe that's a good team. A couple of useful additions as well across the summer, and uh, and Serge <laughs> Gnabry suddenly like <laughs> one of the great players in the world. That was an yeah. awesome performance.
1: So uh, I think Spurs' extended commitment to one-up the banter with Arsenal is actually quite impressive. Uh, you would think that at some point they would try and steer off of this, but losing by a spectacular scoreline to Bayern in in the Champions League is definitely Arsenal. Yeah. And now it's also Spurs.
0: Yes, you yes, know, someone said that. You normally wait till the round of 16 for a North London team to do this, but uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was you know, kind of fascinating. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I we I spoke with Ben about uh, Tottenham last last week about how you know there were obvious like kind of problems and signs in the numbers, and that and this kind of like you know the solve midfield is is the kind of the, the been the rallying cry from the from the outside for for months and years even, and still it's kind of like last season's midfield of, of Sissoko, Winks, and uh, what well, and Don in there now, and he's he's looking quite useful, but. It's still that kind of lack of that brutal enforcer that you'd like. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't switched back to his three centre backs or something just to kind of uh, make some kind of like counter to that. But yeah, me too.
1: Um, and the you know the the degradation of Wanyama's physical form over the years as yeah. well as like Eric Dyer being out in the cold for and also like not healthy for a long time i mean health is is a big deal and mm. and you know plenty of these players get by especially on top teams or not get by, but explosiveness and athleticism is integral to to their whole game and if you can't quite get to to hundred percent if you're only like eighty five percent the margins are are really thin up there
0: mm. yeah no, so um
1: James, uh, you sent a, a very intriguing gif, I would say, on Twitter last night. And uh, I, I did say I was going to put you on the spot on the podcast to explain this particular <laughs> GIF. And was there any meaning behind it? So if you can fill everyone in, I would appreciate it.
0: It was like this, Harry Kane's 10-game radars for the last two seasons. <laughs> like, a, a breaknecks, headache-inducing speed, like, g- g- flowing around. I don't know. You just get a lot of kind of anti-Kane stuff on the on the. On, on the Twitter machine, from the usual suspects of which, like, you're <laughs> very much part of this. I've, I've never. How dare you? <laughs> so it was just like, here, uh, analyze that. <laughs> but no, I, I think that a, a week or so ago, I, I, I thought, I'm just going to cut off all these radars into, like, kind of 10-game segments and see, see what trends out of it. And um, it, it didn't really kind of, like, Fit anything that was useful. I felt um, there was a there was a really quiet ten game stretch. Some point last season, I think that was when the, the noise about you know the kind of like oh he's done kind of noise was loudest. And he's kind of got back to a kind of middling kind of position where he's um, you know <laughs> contributing. F- f- <laughs> if he was any other striker, you'd be like this is fine, this is fine because he's because he's. This is not true?
1: Mm-hmm. This is not true. It like is the, true. The, the, no, we, any other striker, you'd say he's fine, but like. Any other striker that was supposed to be world class and is now basically like league average, that's not fine. Like, if Messi were suddenly like league average, we wouldn't be describing it as
0: fine. League average. League average is harsh, Ted. I don't agree with this. <laughs> but I don't actually have like evidence to hand to fight against it. But you know, oh, it's okay.
1: It's not like I'm criticizing Christian Eriksen. I expect this sort of defense for me <laughs> criticizing Eriksen. But like Harry Kane, at some point, you're like, you know, I we don't know if it's a fluke. We don't know if it's the injury
0: stuff. Like it's certainly an El Nino whiff about it. He's got. He, he's got. I mean, funny enough, he's a bit like. I don't really want to envisage his future much like Alan Shearer's, But like Alan Shearer, like survived on wits alone for some years towards the back end of his career. That's and true. Kane's not quite that old, but but the, just the, just that whole thing of, of like just knowing your centre forwards job and like how how to play a centre forward and being good at it can really carry you a long long way further than it would if, if you were just you know a kind of like a physical specimen or something, and uh, you know Kane Kane's got all the nous, uh in that regard, and I'm not sure Torres Torres was really that that kind of player. I think he was. I don't know. I mean, he was he was an uh, he le- was electric finisher, and explosive. Yeah, and then he was. When he, I don't know if he had that same kind of like just general smarts, as it were, as, as you know, to play as a, a forward, uh, you know, and, and therefore his contribution like really did really did decline and obviously goals declined as well. Um, can you well, st- I, I don't know. Like, I, I
1: think that he was quite a, an important
0: and, and good forward as
1: as like a player, but it was just a thing where like the, the price tag and what you expected from him was like 0.8 goals a game. And mm-hmm. when, he, when he dropped down to, like, 0.35, it felt, like, spectacularly bad. And people are like, oh, it's a confidence thing. I'm like, man, when you have knee troubles and, and ankle troubles, like, it's not really about confidence at that point. It's about your body not doing the things that, that it used to do.
0: Uh, uh, slightly adjacent to this, um, I, something happened last night in, in the Tottenham game that, made, you know, kind of made me perk up and sit up in my chair. There was a long ball through to Dele Alley and Dele Alley kind of, like, bombed onto it, and he... he he went a little bit wide and the keeper saved it, but it was like, oh my god, I forgot Delhi Ali does that. That's really cool. Hopefully, hopefully he can find his form again and get back in the team. But just a, another guy breaking from midfield. Um, and obviously, you know, he's had like seems like quite a lot of injury troubles in the last kind of year, year or so, and questions about his form. But um, still, just 23, and you know, you're not going to stick him on the, the same pile as you're sticking Kane on Ted. I won't have it. So. I wasn't going to stick Danny Alley on any <laughs> but it, but this is Eric Dyes Eric Dye is another player who's who's had he's had 18 months of really injury interrupted um, time and when he's been in the team uh, he's, he hasn't looked great and it's it's difficult you just want players to just have you know 10 15 games in a row and find their form and not get injured again and you know kind of come back to what you kind of know know that they can do and you know, Ali's at that point now where it's like, yeah, it'd be nice for him to get back in the team and and contribute. But anyway. That's- Do you want to talk about rumblings or should I give you a pass on that one? <laughs> yeah, if you go on to the, if you go on to the there's rumblings, like- but I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just, I'm going to refer back to
1: definitely discussions that we had like a year or even 18 months ago about how spurs pay structure was and the types of deals that those guys could get if they left and you know we we did clearly say that at some point this may really start to bite and you know pocatino seemed to manage to keep everybody um you know on the path but as as adversity has struck as it is wont want to do sometimes uh it seems like that noise <laughs> especially from the in the know people is a, a bit stronger
0: i think the one the things things that i would um like touch upon there it's like i don't i don't know why I say say ben davis and Davinson sanchez haven't been starting recently because these are two guys that are uh, like signed up for a long long contracts, whereas like um uh, danny rose and you know take either of the uh, tongue and or aldover they're, they're all kind of like they, be it soon or later, they're coming towards the end of their tenures at, at Tottenham. Serge so, Aurier, like, agitated for a move out in the summer. Um, like, I think Juan Foy would probably be playing if he was fit. I think Ryan Sessegnon might be playing on the on the left side if he was fit. And I think uh, Lo Celso obviously would be playing a uh, little bit more of a role if he was fit. So, it's possible there's, like, a kind of, like, rebuild going on that's, that's being hampered by the injury process. But it's really hard to know, like, exactly. Do you also have
1: training difficulties? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like there are a lot of injuries that...
0: Yeah, outside I would... outside of
1: Manchester is not necessarily
0: anything yeah, elsewhere. If I was, you know, evaluating, um, you know, Tottenham and like, you know, what's going on with with, with the club from a kind of like a objective point of view from the outside, which I guess I am, <laughs> I'm slightly objective. Uh, yeah, the, the like run of injuries would be be something that I would definitely look at. You know, when when a club receives lots of injuries and repeated injuries over you know, a long period of time you start to think like, right, okay, can we do anything about that? Um, is it something to do with training, is it something to do with medical staff? Is it one of those things? You know, let's but let's just investigate that. I mean I'm sure there are people that are looking at this internally. But yeah, it would raise questions.
1: Okay. I just wanted to, to find out if, you know, you felt that there might be some questions. That's all. I'm seven, leave it- two, t- seven two te
0: seven two for the love of God. I mean what I was surprisingly sanguine about the whole thing because, I don't know, it's, I, I said, I, I think I said this to someone else, it, it, when, if you lose 7-2 in the league, like Watford, for example, lost 8-0 to Man, Man City in the league, and you look at the league table, and like, the whole season they've got to carry that with them, every time you look at the table, it's like, yeah, that's bad. Champions League, you can just kind of forget about it a bit, and it's just like, yeah, okay, as long as I get through or don't get through, and then we move on. That's out. true,
1: actually. The <laughs> being, advancing from the round like, erases all past mistakes at that Yeah, moment. it doesn't
0: matter. Then, like I say, they they lost four teams of Barcelona in the same game week uh, last season. So that's that's what happens. All right, what are we to talk about next, Ted? You know that's that's Tottenham done, and literally stick a fork in them; they're done. Um,
1: oh, oh. So we'll get to uh, our running uh, season-long bet in a moment because I know that you're feeling pretty punchy <laughs> about that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's talk about some business stuff. Some, a little bit at least, will be very exciting. Go on. Which 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 bit, which bit are you hinting at? <laughs> well, there are two bits actually, and and we like to as a, as a reward for our very loyal podcast listeners, uh, give you you know sort of world updates on this show. First, uh, regarding stats bumps off. Uh, one of them is not everybody else knows about this, but uh, we've agreed a deal with Sport Reference and Football References uh, specifically where you will find this to be able to to post some of our data uh, on their on their site. Uh, and I, I will say that like there was a lot of trepidation about this because we, first of all, like controlling all of our own stuff and we've seen other data companies do kind of media publication deals and uh, basically, it's like unlocking Pandora's box. Um, so we we had we did not want to do that, and also we we wanted to work with somebody that we we thought you know we really trusted. We liked their work. I think that was pretty important for us. Yep. And and Sean Foreman's group is certainly one of those because like on the baseball reference side, like you know <laughs> very very foundational for for some of us who are a bit older um, from that period. But also <clears throat> you know it's it's the first time that like we don't control really how other people are publishing our info and that's a little scary and there'll be times where it's a little bumpy like you know how are they doing the the end of match aggregates for uh, expected goals is an interesting question because there's this there's a section in there where like if you're doing probabilistic stuff uh, you know any particular attack should not have an xg of one or more uh, as part of a single possession. So say there's a shot that was blocked, and then another shot that you know, the keeper rebounds, and then a final shot, all of which were quite close, so they were like 0.40 each or something like that. Yeah, um, you didn't score the,
0: 1.2 expected goals team, even though you might think you did.
1: Exactly. So there's a there's a compound <laughs> probability inside of that, and there are lots of little spots inside of the game where like modeling and how you approach it becomes pretty important. And you know, you'll see wildly different... Uh, results on our site versus understat or even, you know, some other places about the expected goals uh, and what we think the value of a particular shot is. And there are reasons for that. Even inside of our own stuff, we handle it differently in different spots inside of the product because like an individual shot, on a shot map, you want to give that the credit for like what the shot was because people are going to complain about it. But you can't do the probabilistic sort of credit distribution inside of that. But inside of like a race chart or a tally, you have to do that because like as long as that possession was was the same. So like we treat it differently in different intuitive spots. Anyway, it's a long, long way of saying our stuff is now some of it in public and it's at Football Reference and we're very happy to be partnering with them. And uh, we think that we chose... The correct group um i'm sure there'll be like some weird spots along the way that aren't necessarily anybody's um you know th- there was no way of avoiding this because football is wildly complex even when you base it down on numbers
0: i think it's really cool because like yeah apart from like say the uh, being like having the official league like being the premier league supplier for like, something it's obviously like kind of like you know it's about as credible as you can get like for uh, the sports reference team is just about the most credible like data place you can put Put on the internet, so absolutely fantastic that you know we're hooking up with them. I'm really pleased about that. Can I I just talk about uh, an XG win? I I really, I really hate uh, hate to uh, lag on about like single single shots and stuff, but I did spot one the other week uh, that that I thought was like, yeah, that's cool. That's 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 you know that's that's a success for our data, and it was a Callum Wilson's uh, late goal. Uh, for Bournemouth against Southampton, where he basically uh, he kind of it, bundled it past the defender and the keeper. He ends up six yards out with an open goal. Anyway, our, our metrics, uh, our expected goal value for that shot was 0.97, which was like, yes, that's good. That's that you know we know where the That's keeper is Exactly we know where what the we were defender hoping for. is and we're getting a you know a good good repo, good output there and it's not always the case you know like different shots have got different aspects to them but you know when you've got the the knowledge that the keeper is a wall and the defense is completely a wall and the de- <laughs> the is just staring down at a you know goal and he's got the ball on the floor it's like yeah probably going to score that
1: so that was cool yeah and that was explicitly part of the design of the data set and our data set is designed we intentionally put in a lot of stuff that we knew mattered inside of football and you know it it hopefully as often as possible reflects like you know more of the reality on the pitch than you would see elsewhere but i'm it's kind of interesting like on, on social media People are often you know, fighting, and they've got their champions. And you know, StatsBomb has the best this and the best that. I'm like, I hope that we do, but we don't actually know. And you won't see me like out there saying that we are we have the best expected goals model. Like, partly because I've worked in gambling and I know kind of how much work and and how much brain power goes into those models. But partly just because like we literally have no information to base this on. We've done our our best at building what we think is very useful. We especially think that the errors on the edges of Uh, of of information. So like, especially like the open goal situation that will come out more in our data than it, it will, uh, elsewhere. And, and we kind of crimp the outliers a bit. There's also like the big chance sort of collection bias. Uh, you know, I think throughout a data set is it looks fairly normalized, but when we look at a distribution, it doesn't look mathematical. It looks like there's something weird going on there. And that's because like a lot of, a lot of things that are evaluated as big chances, you know, happen and have a little bit of bias based on goal or not goal. Um, it's, it's just because it's impossible for a human to collect fully in running, not stop it at the moment of the shot and say, is that a big chance or not? We just felt like the better approach would be to allow the model to figure that information out, but also to be able to tell you if someone was in the clear. So in the clear for us is is basically uh, is it is the cone in front of them between the goal only containing the goalkeeper? That's a shot effectively in the clear. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it's cool to talk about you won't see us you know going out there and, and fighting the fight. We're constantly improving and we know that like every single data company, whether it's tracking data or event data or whatever, has some minor flaws in it. Uh, some have major flaws in them, but we hope that ours are fairly minor. And you know, we're we're 18 months out from from really well. I mean, not quite two years actually. From from really when we started pushing this data project, uh, we're 15, 16 months from when we launched, and we're trying to improve every single day. And that really is is the road of being like this company of StatsBomb, and and how good we want to be versus how good we are now. Uh, yeah, hopefully you'll you'll see that in public, and and people, if nothing else, you get another point of reference to be able to argue about on on the internet.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously very important in the modern world.
1: <laughs> so so that's not a world premiere announcement, but this one is. Right, uh, I don't know are... what, what is this. <laughs> So I've, I've had lots of questions about our conference and are we going to stream it in some capacity? And are we going to put it out on, uh, you know, say YouTube like Sloan does after the fact? And the fact is that the answer is yes, we are going to definitely put them on YouTube. Um, each of those uh, panels and, and research talks will go up on the Internet um, and we're like totally excited about that, like, and that's that's something that we wanted to do all along. We will also be live streaming, assuming that the technology works, <laughs> uh, the main room. Uh, so not the not the research room that has like sort of the more technical talks, but the main room throughout the course of the day should have live streaming available, and that will be hosted, I believe, on our Twitter feed, possibly on a Facebook feed. Um, that one is, if it doesn't work, we're gonna apologize to you. That wasn't really. Our area of expertise, but we're going to try and make it
0: work. Um, Yeah, we still got a few tickets available, I think, haven't we? The student ones went, but then um, you know there's still a few kind of full price tickets going. So do sign up. Exactly. Don't miss it. It's it's going to be
1: a great day. There's food. You're going to see some of like the the biggest and and brightest thinkers in. Uh, in the game at this place, like there'll be lots of people to talk to, including possibly James and I, uh, I'll be running a room uh, and James will be running a room in the morning time, but like, we'll be around and, you know, StatsBumber will be around for, you know, to check out some demos. So like IQ will be there if you wanted to check that stuff out. It's going to be a great day. And given the responses we've had so far, like, I don't think this will be the only time that we do this. So, you know, maybe come and say that you were at the first one and, you know, 10 years from now, we'll, we'll still be talking about it.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Right, we should uh, switch back to football somewhat because if we must. If I've if I've if I'm looking at my, our model outputs correctly, uh, it, this is, this is quite funny actually because uh, like if you just like look at the expected goals for the Premier League, uh, we have Manchester City like in some insanely <laughs> high volume of uh, uh, expected goals and real goals and whatever that really quite high and in second place we don't have liverpool no we don't have liverpool uh we have a a, a short head ahead of liverpool we have chelsea now what do you say to that ted your boy tammy abraham is going to be kicking your bet's ass and uh (laughs) chelsea chelsea looking quite strong you know slowly but surely they're uh they're kind of like creeping up into the realms of like okay this isn't a bad team and, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued. and We didn't think they were a bad
1: team. Uh, you know, my questions were mostly around uh, Lampard's experience at, at Derby. Uh, since that time, um, I would say that maybe <laughs> Derby are a bit messier than we thought, especially behind the scenes, uh, given what's happened in recent weeks. Uh, so looking at, at their who they played, right? So they, they started the season at Manchester United and got a thumping, probably an unfair one. Uh, then home to home to Leicester, the Leicesters, who actually are pretty good. Uh, Norwich in a in a very open game and and fun to watch. Sheffield United, so two two promoted teams so far. Uh, the the absolute mess that is current Wolves versus last year's Wolves, and then you've got a home match against Liverpool and then a home match against Brighton. You know. T- it's not a bad schedule. Is it? Like maybe a little weaker than average overall. But yeah, still? I know.
0: I know what you mean. It's, it feels like, uh, yeah, three three teams that you'd expect them to to beat handily, and then three maybe three 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 matches that they could struggle with. I mean, the results are kind of like, what is it? Three three wins, two draws, and two defeats. Uh, you know, a couple of couple of like tough tough. They played two out of seven games against technically. Big six rivals and Le- and Leicester as well, who are looking quite sharp so far this season. And um, actually, yeah, funny enough, last week I, I talked about Leicester and Everton's metrics looking very similar. <laughs> Leicester, Leicester, like from Newcastle, ten-man Newcastle, and uh, Everton play Man City, and it's like they don't look so similar now. And that's, that's one of these stories of the small sample. Like from game six to game seven, it's like okay, these they look different now. They're about a quarter of a goal apart per <laughs> game. But yeah, Chelsea, I think, pointing in the right direction. Not a bad run of games coming up as well. They they visit Southampton, uh, home to Newcastle, away at Burnley, Watford, home to Palace before they face Man City, and. Like, Lille and Ajax also in the in the yeah. Champions League, which are interesting matches,
1: but winnable for them.
0: Yeah, it just, it just feels like, you know, early days, they, they probably got a reasonable hand on, you know, saying, like, we're best of the rest after the top two. And, you know, we look down this list of, uh, you know, expected goals right now, and it's like, well, Tottenham aren't in a place they, they'd want to be. Arsenal, they've just poked their head into kind of... Um, it's very just above average. I say very this is, just above average. Almost exactly. This is, exactly, they're this is like where big. they've been for like
1: a year and a half now. <laughs> like they, they're almost yeah. exactly in that spot where like you have real concerns about the defensive side. Uh, the attack's pretty interesting. Finishing is powering them to some results, and uh, everyone's terrified that they're going to crash. Yeah,
0: but well, it's um yes, it's it's interesting to see how it's shaping up early on. I have a question for you on this one. I'm um, not not.
1: Taking away from your Chelsea point because you want to stick me right now, which is absolutely fine <laughs> as you should. Um, <clears throat> and your Spurs point, which you took with on the chin with uh, some of plum last time. But what do we think about West Ham? i think they're kind of they're potentially the most interesting team in the league right now
0: <laughs> yeah no it is this is a very fair point because i think like i was i wasn't like wildly I, I think you were more positive about their their signings over the summer than i was when we did the transfer roundup and uh i think i'm probably moving towards you now i, I think uh they, their front line seems to have you know their attack seems to have got its act together quite well um and I, 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 really quite like the way they're linking up. Yarmolenko, Halle and uh, Philippe Anderson in particular—all you know, really useful players. And then you look at the metrics, and they're horrible. <laughs> it's like, okay, but I it's think they're de- horrible. <laughs> There's a real deviation between like what they're actually, what they're actually putting out on the pitch, like, goals-wise, and, and this kind of like. Um, you know expected goals don't like them at all at the moment i think partly was it the city game like really affected them exactly and i think i, I think, forgave I think them for the, i think i forgave them for the first like three or four weeks it was like oh that game's in there and it's like well it doesn't seem to be moving that far and i on the one hand my mind says yeah west ham they're quite a good team i think a trip to west ham's ground is is a fairly tough fixture and on the other hand it's like i'm looking at these numbers and it's like they am very happy ain't no very good at all. <laughs> I, I think they don't defend well. I think they attack quite
1: well, um, at least at the moment. But I think that's that City game where they gave up like 3.44 expanded goals <laughs> in our model and got beat 5-0, that's probably, yeah. If, if, if we scoot that one out of the way, they're at least a little more interesting. But I think that the defending side of it and the fact that they give up some pretty good chances, especially on through balls, um, Means that you know they may struggle a bit, and and they may ride other people's finishing as much as their own.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of games where the expected goals are just really quite low. Uh, I think the Man United game, and the Villa game, they just really didn't put much. And then, yeah, West Ham Watford was like three point six to two point six. So it, yeah, just phew, hard to work out what's what's going on with them. And I mean, what what they're certainly fun though. <laughs> yeah, they are entertaining. Like, you know, Watford are a team that are just really hard to work out at the moment. Um, in that regard, because their metrics don't look good. Again, that Man City game really this doesn't help things at all. And spending so much time behind, you know, trying to trying to dig themselves out of holes all the time, and that's 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 tough. And you know, I think they've got two points so far out of, out of seven games, and it's like, right, how long before you really got to kind of like right the ship, and you got to start winning games sooner or later. I mean, this. It's just allegedly <laughs> name, of g- uh, name of the game. Name of the game. So I, I also I feel like we should
1: talk about how we were probably wrong about Crystal Palace in that they just didn't need to sign anybody. Like Ro- Roy's <laughs> group just produces the same metrics, whoever's on the pitch at any particular time, which is
0: fantastically weird and kind of amazing. I think <laughs> yeah. What was it Palace? I was. I've I've been. A little bit more attached to Palace um, over like kind of like the early stages of the season and you know preseason and that. I didn't like their transfer window. Obviously, it looked horrible, but um, but their metrics were fine last season. And it's like right, okay, they're not that different this season. And again, their metrics look okay this season. And I guess you know if if you face the kind of like reality of like what is it to be Crystal Palace in you know 2019 in the Premier League and probably just kind of like plonking yourself anywhere above 17th is fine. I mean, you'd like to do more. You'd like to be a bit more expansive. and But you when you haven't got a great amount of recruitment coming in and it feels like they're being a little bit careful money-wise, if, if your metrics are okay and you can plonk yourself in the middle of the table, then all good. Second worst attack in the league. Yeah. Less than a goal a game.
1: And the only team worse than them is Newcastle, who we knew were going to be not great <laughs> um, coming in. I, I, I think someone was bringing up, what we said about Newcastle in the, in the transfer side of it. And like all of this just is predicated on the fact that they're now managed by Steve Bruce and not by, by Rafa Benitez. Uh, And that's like a huge downgrade. So the only team that, that has a lower attack than them, according to our stuff is, Newcastle but you know if you only give up on average a goal a game which in fact is better than Liverpool's expected goals conceded and better than Manchester City's expected goals conceded and Chelsea and like Burnley the only people that are that are in range and, and slightly better than them especially of the like the lower teams and Manchester United who I think are not playing a particularly fast pace and and trying to see like if they can constrain other teams defensively and let their attack do the work for them, that's, which has not. That's a good point actually.
0: Out. Like, why expecting them? You've got um, Palace, I think Palace, Wolves. I'm just looking at it now Burnley, United, and Leicester, who all just got like really quite low at lower expectation at both ends of the pitch. Um, so you know, a kind of like more of a kind of cautious cautious way of playing the game than say like some teams who like you you know Bournemouth Bournemouth have got expected goals of an entire one extra goal within their games or say who else who <laughs> else Man City just off the charts they've got so much in, the, in their attack but yeah Tottenham and Arsenal as well because there's, there, there, there's there's good you know there's good stuff in the front and not so good in the back but yeah you like, kind of like diversions between two, two styles of uh, like you know you just described them chances, as a mullet quality of chances <laughs>
1: yeah the, the style of their expected goals numbers are a mullet good stuff in the front <laughs> I
0: think that's <laughs> the funny. back we're looking, we're, we're looking in the office me and you were looking the other day about like Spain there's this funny thing going on in Spain where you've got like four or five teams all, all giving up really low volumes of shots like kind of like uh, six or seven shots per game and it's like what what's going on there and um, I think I've, I've, I've got a little fancy for over time they, they, they want to go out and match 2-0 where they took seven shots and gave up three and it's like right what's going on? Is this going to last? Is this a thing of <laughs> teams like, you know, devising ways to create ever fewer shots within matches? Um, I, I think They're out there doing fan service. <laughs> I think it's um, because it's probably not a positive trend. You know the teams that are doing this way, but it's but but it's interesting to to kind of follow over time. Uh, to well, see clearly there there was
1: one one group of fans out there who thinks that like high intensity, high paced football is not for them. Like you know, there's got to be a dis- distribution of fan interest, and there's some people that just like really love a low event defensive battle, right? It's, it's got to be the case, and so Spain has decided that they. Needed more catering to, and there's a lot more teams
0: that are just not taking a lot of shots. Yeah, it's, yeah that's my theory. It's it's an, it's an interesting interesting <laughs> setup. <But> I want <laughs> to know why. I wonder if there's anything to it, or if it's just like a funny little a funny little quirk at the start of the season, which we do see happen. We do see these things happen. And you let's know, pop and back
1: to the Bundesliga before we uh, before we wrap up for this week. Um, so the reason why I wanted to talk about them partly because of the absolute tonking. That Bayern Munich gave to uh, Spurs last night, but also why? Because, why, should, why bring that up again? Uh, I, it was a segue to talk about the Bundesliga.
0: <laughs> haven't you done
1: this before? Are you new here?
0: <laughs> let's talk about Bayern. Anyway. let's talk about the Bundesliga because we haven't talked about the Bundesliga, and that's the only reason. There we go.
1: Well, that's a good reason too. <laughs>
0: Fine, but my point is.
1: Uh, Munich are at the top of the league by one point. And then there are five teams that are one point behind them on 13. Uh, from uh, Leipzig and Freiburg and Schalke, a resurgent Schalke, now, now managed by David Wagner. Uh, Munch and Gladbach, the fighting Rene Mariches and Marco Roses, And, uh, and Bayer Leverkusen, the ball's life. Uh, anyway... Five teams, one point behind Bayern Munich in this league, uh, through six games. Again, six game sample size, but pretty cool. So, like, I thought it'd be a good time to dig a little deeper into the numbers.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Like Dortmund still looked like the second best team, like numbers wise, but have obviously, you know, last year they didn't. Just a shade off that, did they not? Yeah, yeah. I, I think last year for most of the season it was Leipzig that
1: that was yeah. the second best team. Yeah, 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 and and in fact, even the even the final numbers, and then Hoffenheim somehow like looked had a lot better than their performance even after losing a ton of players to uh I think actually mostly to Munich uh over over that past summer you know Nagelsmann
0: is apparently a pretty good coach what who knew yeah this league's actually lining up, apart from Dortmund you know they're only a one a one weekend away from a kind of top top two slot or whatever in this but this this league's lining up quite tightly with, alongside expected goals lines um Freiburg uh, uh, don't look to be as good as their position. Maybe Wolfsburg don't at the moment, but the rest of the top eight are all kind of like the, the superior teams uh, via early metrics. Werder Bremen perhaps are not getting what they've deserved just yet. But yeah, the bottom, what is it, seven? From Hoffenheim down, like all of them have got kind of like negative expected goal differential. And... All of them have won one game <laughs> so far. So, so we, yeah, there's a, think there's a good bad split in this league at the moment, or it looks like there is. Um, yeah, only, only six games, but
1: but Munich again, you know, quite a bit further ahead uh, than most of the teams. They look like they're good, but not amazing as they they have been historically. And you know, again, schedule effects here. Uh, but you know, probably good enough to win this league without too much effort. Uh, Leipzig, very deep. Um, uh, but you know, Leipzig and, and Dortmund look like they'll fight it out for a second. But like Gladbach and Leverkusen could get involved in here. Like it's been, it's been a pretty fun early part of the year. And obviously, the schedule stuff will tease out. But I think uh, you know, Bundesliga is back to being pretty exciting for now. And maybe, maybe we should just enjoy it while it lasts.
0: Yeah, I mean we've got a couple of people like Abel Lawrence and um, Sam Plant who've been writing things on the site. For, we you know we should mention that as well. If you if you know if for, for any reason you've like not been not been on the site recently, we've got regular columns now. We've got Bundesliga columns, we've got La Liga columns. Nick Darrington, we've got Flavio doing uh, Serie A columns. Serie A, you know and. All the usual people doing doing the Premier League stuff, and yeah, there's quite a lot on there. So you know, we've broadened our scope. This was a conscious decision, wasn't it? We actually broadened the scope of like you know what we what we decided to cover uh, this this season, and you know, create these regular kind of columnists. And um, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, definitely. I think you found it a good way, haven't you? To keep keep up with some of the some of the leagues that you might not you know follow so so avidly. Uh, re- yeah, re- I used cons.
1: to watch I used to watch so much more football, and now. I have watched some football, a lot of English, a lot of European, but just because I'm not in gambling and, and also just don't have the time, honestly, like the travel just completely saps that out. And you know, sometimes we're doing projects as well. So like that takes the time. I, I have found these, these weekly roundup columns would be a good way to like, you know, people finding little stories as, as stats Bomb tend to do. We don't really do narrative. We do like what's in the numbers. And and sometimes that clashes with narrative and sometimes it, it emphasizes or, or it you know, gives a slightly different, um, uh, look or perspective on the narrative. Um, so yeah, those are on the site, and I think that's about it, James. Let's just, uh, let me just I,
0: let me just trail tonight's matches. You have got Liverpool Salzburg or Barcelona Inter. Which would you like to watch, Ted? <laughs> I'm certainly watching Salzburg, and I think I've I've told
1: this story before on here. But the number one head coach that we had at Brentford when Dean Smith got hired, my department put together a list of like really interesting coaches, and we were like so far on Jesse Marsh's side, Uh, and then it turned out that like they didn't actually want us to be part of the process. So uh, I'm just glad to see that Jesse turned out to be a a pretty damn good coach, and uh, we we kind of have a long term at least minor love affair with with Salzburg in general they produce some really good players often very fun to watch they have Thor uh which is is pretty cool um uh, Holland I believe will, will be out there so like I'm I'm quite intrigued by that I can't figure out Barcelona and I don't really feel like that's the best use of my time so and Antonio Conte going over
0: there to give them the squeeze come on this there's a bit of narrative there probably <laughs> I know there is be quite but fun. I'm but Thor versus Virgil Van Dyke is a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> yeah. battle
1: as well, right? Like that's just that's the MCU that's going to play out on the on the football pitch. Yeah, anyway. you wouldn't
0: know what that is, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, this this uh, some good 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 games coming up. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and um, we'll see you soon. Bye.